Hey, welcome to Way Back Wednesday, and I got a hot episode for you today as Matt Andrews and I discuss how to find the best cash flow in America, and it's as relevant today as it was when we originally recorded it. And speaking of cash flow, are you coming? Are you coming to the Cash Flow Conclave? It's coming up soon. It's in October 18th through the 20th in Boston. The Cash Flow Conclave, that's the invitation-only meeting that's going to reveal the secrets of residual income through real estate, and you are invited. Go to epicintensive.com, get all the details, grab a ticket before they're all gone. I'll see you there. Now enjoy the show. This is Terrio Media. Don't wait for appreciation to buy real estate. Buy for cash flow and wait. In other words, your hosts, Matt Andrews and Matt Terrio. Yeah. It's my new song, Matt. I dig it. You dig it? Flipping houses can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. This is the Hold That House Show. I am Matt Terrio, and over there is Mr. Matt Andrews. What's going on, people? And before we begin, we got, we've got a, uh, a free gift for you. So go to holdthathouse.com where you can download the four-hour work month, the Ten Commandments to Managing Property Managers. Really, the, the key ingredient to financial independence through real estate that they're not telling you about. No one is talking about this. And, and you can get that for free at holdthathouse.com. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Well, guys, today we are talking about, uh, well, we're talking about some really cool stuff today. We're talking about actually the key thing, the key to this whole podcast, cash flow, right? right? And specifically, how to find the best cash flow in America. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. we're going to break it down for you right now. And basically, the way we're going to break it down is just by telling you how we choose the markets that we invest in for cash flow. You know, what is the process that we go through uh, to do this? You know, uh, I invest in, I started in Florida because that was my backyard. And I think that's what a lot of people do, Matt. They start, mm-hmm. you know, they think, hey, I'm here in, you know, Idaho or I'm here in Tampa, Florida or whatever. And unless so they, you live in Los Angeles. Then, unless you live in Los Angeles. Then you which, don't. In which case, <laughs> no one can invest in real estate because it's too expensive, right? Right. Well, it, it's, it doesn't cash flow. <laughs> it doesn't cash flow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cash flow is non-existent. But, you know, a lot of people think you kind of have to start somewhere close. You have mm-hmm. to be uh, in your backyard. you got to be able to drive by the property or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and that's just not the case, is it? No, it's not. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, you know. Live where you want. Mm-hmm. Invest where it makes sense. Absolutely. And uh, you, Matt, more than really anybody I know, has reached out and explored a ton of different real estate markets looking for the kind of cash flow that you want for your you know, personal portfolio and the kind of cash flow that you sell to other investors. So right. uh, maybe you could just tell us you know, kind of what is your process starting out when you are moving into a market or, or first looking at a market? Uh, what are the characteristics that that market has or what are you looking for as kind of the first signs that that might be the market for you? Sure. Well, being a cash flow investor, I do look for the cash flow mm-hmm. numbers. I look for what's going to give the, uh, look for a market that has a really solid rent to purchase price ratio where I can get, you know, at least want a double digit return. Mm-hmm. That's that's the absolute bare minimum. Um, so you want at least a 10% return yeah, on that? Yeah. Okay. And it depends on how I acquire that. It depends also, I'll make some I'll be flexible with my standards depending on what type of uh, neighborhood it's in. Okay. Um, and, I, and I can talk about that in a minute. But that's, uh, the, that's the first broad disqualifier, though. You want to make sure it's somewhere you can get double-digit yes. cash flow. I, I'm, yeah. I'm addicted to my monthly paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the bigger, the better. The more consistent, the better, obviously. Sure. And so I, I look for those markets that can produce that for me without any real extraordinary effort on my part. And uh, so that's first. And, and in those markets, I look for all your basic indicators. I look for, you know, I look for a strong economy. I look for a diverse 
employment what? Uh, <laughs> I look for diverse employment. Yeah, diverse employment. Yeah, d- um, yeah. Diverse industries. He- healthy employment. Exactly. Gr- exactly. Growing employment, yeah. I look for um, a stable or growing population. I look for the, the migration uh, numbers. I look for government participation in the development or the main- maintenance of the area. Um, I look for big uh, anchor-type companies. I look mm. for Fortune 500 companies. And I look for all that. That's what everybody does. You sure. know what I mean? That's kind of normal. But I do not go into a single market. I will not go into a market unless I have confidence in who's going to be managing my property. Sure. I've got to really essentially have a relationship. And if it's not personally, it has to be someone who I really trust and respect mm. that they can make that introduction for me. Because uh, we, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. I think it was just last last week where we talked about, you know, you could have the best house with the best numbers. And if you have sure. bad property management, it doesn't matter. Yep. And I look at that same thing as, as far as the markets go. You know, you can have the best economic indicators that, you know, give it a massive thumbs up for this market. And this is where it's all going to happen for you and happen the best. But if you don't have property management there. It doesn't matter, right? So that, it's that's like it's like building like the best motorcycle in the world, and then having someone race that's never been on a motorcycle before. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's still the best motorcycle in the world, but, uh-huh. but they're they're going to crash and burn on that first turn, right? Right. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So same thing with property, guys. You know, if you you know acquire a property, however you are buying your properties, you get the best possible price, mm-hmm. and you know based on the rents around it, it's on paper it is amazing cash flow, but you hand it over to the wrong person, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the biggie. And kind of how I started was I I belong to an educational network. Um, They're no longer around. But there were 30,000 students from all over the country in this network. Hmm. And I was was blessed enough to to be a part of that network at its peak, at its height. And I was able to create a pretty solid network across the country, not just with property managers and realtors and contractors, but with fellow investors. And it started where I got my first deal, a group of deals from a distressed investor in uh, just outside of Chicago. And I, I had no idea, being from California, I had no idea that houses could be sold for $30,000 wow. or purchased for $30,000. I didn't know that in California either. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't do it in California. Right. <laughs> but that opened my whole, that really opened my world to a whole new realm of possibility, knowing that those types of properties existed. Sure. And they rent it for five, six hundred bucks a month. I mean, we're always here really focused in California on that 1% rule. Does it pass the 1% rule? Like, you can go in the Midwest and the South and you get that 2% rule. Yeah. Right? Nice. And this is like, so I'd never seen that before. And then from there, I got a, a it was referred to somebody down in Memphis where I bought my first 14 unit mm-hmm. and had that management under underway and then noticed that, wow, the, the single families here produce the same ROI as my 14 unit. And so I went there and then, the demand through our, our turnkey operation over at Cashflow Savvy, we didn't have enough properties for the amount of buyers that we had. So we, yeah. op- we looked for another market. We started asking for other investors, and they referred us over to St. Louis and had very similar numbers, and we got assigned to property management there. And, and you know, we just kind of moved from one market to the next as our demand grew. And, and then, we, then as our portfolio grew, we saw the importance of diversifying. But having said all that, <laughs> that is not a foolproof system. Right. It's just a starting point. Sure. Because I think every single one of those property managers that were referred to us, none of them work for us anymore. Mm. But it did get us in, in, in that market. Into the market. It got us at least a starting point. And then once we got more involved in, in that community and, and knew more about that market, we met other people. Yeah. And we were able to upgrade. We were able to increase. But property management, number one. We'll be back in 30 seconds. 
right after this. If waiting for your investments to grow feels like waiting for paint to dry, there's a powerful secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know. You can accelerate your investments growth by two, three, or even four times. That's bad news for Wall Street, but great news for you. We're Turnkey Allies, and we'd like to offer you free information that will show you how to take control of your investments and double, triple, or even quadruple their returns. And it's yours for free. For the secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know, go to turnkeyallies.com. That's turnkeyallies.com. You hit on something really important there, I think, um, that I want to make sure everyone pays attention to, is that you were referred to some of these markets, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is key. So much of the time, I think, uh, you know, we as entrepreneurs and everyone out there listening, you know, everyone... Everyone listening to this podcast is an entrepreneur in one way or another, right? right? You know, you own property or you're looking to own property and buy and hold uh, good cash flow real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us kind of get into a trap of trying to do it ourselves or trying to reinvent the wheel when what we should have done was gone and asked someone who's already successful in what we're doing. Can, do you have a referral for this? You right. know, and so like when someone asks me, how do you find a good title company? I ask the five biggest investors I can find in that market, what title company do you use? That's not rocket science. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. not rocket science. So you, you hit on that. You said we were referred into that market. So obviously you spoke to somebody that you considered someone that has some knowledge about that market mm-hmm. and they referred you to that market based on the criteria you gave them. So talk about that process a little bit. How do you talk to investors and get kind of those referrals to move into those those markets. How did that process work? Like you said, Memphis, you mm-hmm. know, someone turned you on to that. How did that conversation go and how right. did that work? Well, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, go to your RIA meetings. Yeah. Because you know what? Who, you know who goes to RIA meetings? <laughs> Investors. Sure. Right? So it just got to um, basic conversation over the, 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 the stale donuts and the cold coffee mm-hmm. is... You know, where are you investing? What type of strategy are you doing? And, you know, you get fix and flip answers. You get wholesale answers. You get sure. lease options. You get, oh, we're doing this project with the bank and this development over here. And then you also get the people, I just got I'm, I got four of these houses over here. And da, 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 da. Oh, so how's it working? Like, I'm listening for people that are having a positive experience right. in, the, in, the, in the investing experience. And, and who have experience, yes, period. Yes, for sure. Yeah, not for listening sure. to somebody that writes for a newspaper or some economist that's talking theory. Somebody yeah. who... Please don't listen to it. those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's a good point, yeah. though, right? Is mm-hmm. that there's always two different sides to the coin. There's the there's uh, education that comes from people sitting at a desk looking at numbers, telling you what they think, mm-hmm. and then there's education and real estate that comes from people that are doing it. Right. And you always want to get your information from the people that are doing it. Always. Right. Always. So so you got a good referral to the Memphis. Um, yes. And that led to others. Right. So right. Memphis, and then what were some of the St. Louis? You said St. Louis, uh, Cleveland, Columbus, Kansas City. Indianapolis. Um, We're now uh, got two partners, uh, one in Birmingham and one in Atlanta. So we're all over now. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm in all of those places because I have solid property management. Right. And like I said, it's not a foolproof system. We had to, you know, do some swapping out and hiring new people in some cases. In some of our markets, we've had to fire multiple people. Yeah. But we're solid there now. Yeah. And and now I'm in all of those markets. And when I do my marketing for actually looking for deals and and looking for properties, it's just like my my opportunities for for opportunity are so much greater because I know in those multiple markets, I can get all of those opportunities to perform. Sure. Absolutely. And like we said, you know, like so many beginning investors think they have to invest in their backyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, what if your backyard is like the worst cash flow in America? Yeah. Like Los Angeles where I live. Right. Yeah. Not good cash flow, right? So for you to think that you have to do it in LA County or where, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhere close by here, 
that's very prohibitive, mm-hmm. right? There there are real estate investors here that do different kinds of deals, but they're not the cash flow type opportunities that your business is based on, right? right. So you have to look outside of that. So that's a real impediment. To is that or investors. move? Right. Or not invest at all. Right. Like those exactly. are my options. Exactly. So I, I'm addicted to the ocean. I love the sunshine. I As much as I hate it, I, I do pay the California sunshine tax. <laughs> it's very expensive. So I just have to... We got the sunshine in Florida too, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I know. With no tax. <laughs> with, exactly. <laughs> I, believe me, I've considered. You come visit anytime, buddy. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Um, but the, moving out of Southern California just wasn't an option for me. Sure. I, I love the water. I love the climate. This is where I want to be. So I had to learn how to do it outside and, and in other markets. Right. And, you know, you people always ask, how do you do that? It's like, well, because I invest with people that I know. I have people that I know that work with me. Sure. And I found those people initially because they were referred by me or referred to me. Sure. And you have a process for it. So once you have an objective criteria for what a good cash flow market is for you, um, and then you went and do it, you know, you went and did it in Memphis. Then it was a natural step to, okay, now let's go to St. Louis. These fit the same criteria. Mm-hmm. So the same things that work here with some tweaks will work there, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Indiana and some of these other markets that you're in. So right. once you have the process set, even though there are differences in those markets and there are differences in some of the acquisition strategies maybe mm-hmm. and differences maybe into some of the uh, investors that you're selling to, the core is really the same, right? You're Absolutely. looking for the double-digit returns. Mm-hmm. You're looking for good, strong property management, mm-hmm. right? And you're looking for a team of contractors and realtors and title companies that can kind of form the back end of your team Correct. to facilitate getting those deals closed. Correct. Right? Correct. Cool, cool. So that that being said, what are some of your favorite markets right now? Like where? Oh, I guess I guess the, qu- the way the question <laughs> is. Where are you having the most fun right now? Right? Yeah. Well, I just got back from Indianapolis. Okay. And that's a great little city. Yeah. Um, th- there's a really good mix of the, the cash flow numbers are good there. But you can also, there's a weird dynamic in, in many of the markets where, you know, you can, tenants and property owners live in the same areas. Mm-hmm. So you could purchase a property for fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, get it to rent ready standards and get eight, 900 bucks a month. But then in that same market, you can buy that same fifty, sixty thousand dollar house and then really, you know, um, improve it in a way that's a, a homeowner ready, right. I guess, and, and uh, elevate the, the quality of the components, I guess, you put in sure. the property. <laughs> or fixtures is the word I was looking for. Yeah. And now you can sell it for eighty, ninety thousand. Right? But it doesn't make sense because it's not going to rent for that much more. Right. But you can sell it retail in a flip opportunity. So you get more exit strategy there. <clears throat> Absolutely. Just more options Absolutely. to you as an investor. If you decided, hey, you know what? I, I don't want to own this as a rental property anymore. You've got an option mm-hmm. in a neighborhood like that to put some more improvements in and then sell it. Maybe even make a profit and then put it back into another buy and hold house. Absolutely. Right? Something like that. Absolutely. So that's that's really cool. Um, and like that, it, that know, also ups the attractiveness of that neighborhood for the renter, right? For sure. Because for if a sure. renter is moving into a neighborhood and they see that they're surrounded by some renters but also a lot of owners, mm-hmm. um, that just makes that neighborhood better because obviously ownership mentality brings with it you know, a little bit more pride in keeping up the house and that type of thing. So it actually makes it a nicer rental neighborhood for your renters as well. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So Indianapolis has that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Cleveland. Um, if you go, if you visit Cleveland recently, or I, if well, you have Le- visited, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron's there. <laughs> LeBron is there. He raised property values by twenty percent exactly. the day he signed. I'm it sure it was a good move. Yeah. Um, now Johnny Manziel, he's probably evened that out a little bit, but yeah, uh, probably yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you go there, the, the whole city seems like all the sidewalks, everything is under construction. 
Yeah. Uh, they've got the um, the fastest internet in, in the country is really? in Cleveland. In the Cleveland. underground files, whatever. Um, they're number one, number one or number two city for young entrepreneurs. That's so, a good. That's a good sign. Absolutely, for the it's, it's a very yeah. kind of a hipster-driven area. Uh, lots of bars, lots of restaurants. It's just really nice there, and I can see it's one of the markets where it's really obvious that the city is working on itself. Yeah, and so that's encouraging to me. Memphis is the same way. Mm-hmm. Their new mayor is very much building out that center, this, the center of the city, and outward for tourism. Okay. They've started at the river. They're moving inland and they're tearing down the projects they're replacing the projects with single family so it's very visible there as well so those are probably my three favorite markets indianapolis cleveland and and memphis and what i hear you saying there is there's a lot of indicators there of long-term growth right so i mean a lot of the things you just mentioned um you know have job stability kind of you know their economic growth Mm -hmm. um it being kind of young uh a younger contingent moving there because Mm -hmm. that is the sign now of you know growing communities that have been dead for a little while now are growing, it's because they're invigorated with a younger population, right? right? right. That is there and investing in an area and making that area cool. Right. You know? The dynamic about the younger market, I mean, the research comes out over and over again about the millennials are not in too much of a hurry to buy a house. Yeah. They're renters. Yeah. They want to be mobile. They want to be, they want to travel lightly. They want to be able to pick up and go somewhere. So to be a, a, a landlord or a property owner, a cash flow investor in those metropolitan areas is for the future. I mean, the millennials is a very big portion of the population yeah. now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that presents stability, in my opinion, as a cash flow real estate investor. Sure. If there wasn't enough there already. Yeah. But ab- uh, it just absolutely. looks brighter and brighter. Yeah, that's awesome. So and you're it, in multiple markets. I am, you, yes. You mentioned that uh, you're from Tampa. And, yep. But I know you're not there, as active as there as you used to be, and you've expanded. So how did you pick your other markets? I and did. That's, well, that's a good question because I, I actually started my business in 2000 in Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, even some in <clears> Orlando, but all Central Florida area there. And for that particular time and from 2000 till probably, uh, well, really till just three or four years ago, uh, it was a great cash flow market, especially during the down years when mm-hmm. everyone else thought, Real estate was horrible. Right. You know, I would talk to people that weren't in real estate, and they would say, what do you do? i say, I flip houses, and they would go, ugh. Oh, how's it going? Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, they kind of look at me like, and I'd be like, actually, it's going really good, because mm-hmm. I can get 10 houses for every one I used to get, because I buy foreclosures, you know? So it was a great market then, because I would buy them. Uh, my model then was to buy them, fix them up, rent them, and then I would actually package those up and sell those to investors overseas. Uh, or investors in California that didn't know that kind of cash flow existed, right? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of buyers, especially back then, for, uh, you know, Northern California buyers, Bay Area and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, a rental property, you know, a low-end rental property up there was 800000 and I could get them 16 houses for that amount, you know? Right, <laughs> and so right. it was like they, they just thought it was amazing. And so I started my business there, but what happened was hedge funds started coming in. Um, they started buying up a ton of a ton of the inventory, which was good in one way, but bad in another. I flipped a lot of houses to hedge funds, so they were one of my best buyers. Mm-hmm. But as they kept buying, they were outbidding people at auctions and outbidding all the MLS stuff. So the prices started going up, 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 and suddenly those ten plus percent cap rates that I was getting right. were turning into nine, and then eight, right. and then seven. Because as those prices increased, the rents didn't increase with the prices. Mm-hmm. So we we saw you know the cash flow drop there. And I'd spent all this time training my buyers. You want 10% cap rates or better. Right. Well, now I couldn't get them <laughs> in my own backyard. I couldn't get them anymore. Right. So so I fell prey to that whole thing thinking, oh, i, I got to figure out how to get properties better here. I've got to figure out how to acquire in a different way or I've got to find some other way. 
well, I was thinking about it all wrong. I just needed to go elsewhere and mm-hmm. find the cash flow that my people were already used to getting. Mm-hmm. So I found that by going to uh, West Michigan, which mm-hmm. you know scares a lot of people because they just think about Detroit. West Michigan's a whole other deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Now there's money to be made in Detroit too. Don't get me wrong. I just haven't done that yet, you know. Mm-hmm. But West Michigan, Grand Rapids, Muskegon. Um, I could buy properties in those areas, and it was very similar to the cap rate and the cash flow I was getting three or four years before that in Florida. Mm-hmm. So it was a perfect fit for me. So then did the same thing you know, that you do, go through the process of finding the good property manager, establishing the team up there, um, established it. It was working well, doing the same model I did in Florida just a couple years before that. Mm-hmm. So it was natural to go to... Um, to go to Ohio and to go to a couple markets there after that. So uh, Columbus was one market I did, and I haven't done Cleveland yet, but I'm probably mm-hmm. going there with you soon, so mm-hmm. that's cool. And uh, Columbus, and then we also did um, a little bit in Indianapolis as right. well. And uh, those markets are very similar to that Michigan market. I could duplicate that kind of like you did mm-hmm. pretty easily. Hey, if I can do this here, can I go one state over and do it like that there? Right. And then established again that cash flow. So those 10%, 11%, 12% cap rates, I had those again. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about going out of my area and finding the cash flow because it's about the numbers. It's not about, you know, do I like Michigan? It's not about, oh, is it cold up there? It doesn't matter if it's cold up there, guys. I mean, I'm from Florida. And yes, I think it's really cold in Michigan, you know. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I'm getting twelve, thirteen, yeah. and sometimes Pe- better. People cap live rates. there. People live there. <laughs> yes, and uh-huh. they will rent, mm-hmm. and I will make twelve percent cap rates or better, whatever it is, right. you know. So that was what it was for me. It was just really just finding that next market that I could get that cash flow in. So how did you pick Grand Rapids in that area? Yeah, because I mean you're you're about as far away as you could get from that market. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah you just go straight up until you're <laughs> not in America almost. Exactly. And there, yeah, there you are. So. That was um, actually somebody, uh, a student of mine, because I sometimes take on students that I'll help, uh, you know, teach how to buy and find properties they can fix up and hold. And Mm -hmm. so I had a student in Grand Rapids, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about that market, Mm -hmm. Um, but he became a friend. He really just started doing some amazing things and was like, you know, did far more than I ever thought he was going to do. And I started looking at the numbers of the properties that he was buying and fixing up and renting, and I was looking at the performance, and I'm like... Wow, is it is this like an exceptional one that you're showing me? He's mm-hmm. like, no, we're we're doing these all the time now. And I'm like, you're <laughs> kidding me. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm sitting here beating my head against a wall in Florida trying to find out how I can buy properties for right. less. And you're up there doing it all day long. Right. And I taught you how to do it, and I didn't even realize it. That's exactly how I ended up in St. Louis. (laughs) Is it really? Yes. Okay. So I I think my my student actually makes more money than I do now. (laughs) That's a good thing. You're a good teacher. Yes. (laughs) He started showing showing properties to me, and I had the exact same question. I'm surprised we never talked about that before. That's awesome. That's exactly what happened. Is this the typical? He said, yeah, this is right off the multiple listing service. This is what, this is, they're here all over the place. I was like, oh my gosh, here I come. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I waited till summertime when the Mm -hmm. the snow thawed, and I was like, I'm coming up, dude. Mm-hmm. I want to see everything you're doing. Right. You know, let's lay it all out here. And, and um, I mean, I fell in love with the market in like two or three days. And I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, and it wasn't as competitive. It's getting more competitive up there now to acquire properties, mm-hmm. um, but still a great market. Uh, but it wasn't near as competitive of what, as what I was dealing with in Florida. Right. So the same amount of effort that I was putting into the Florida market in Michigan was yielding four times the results. Got it. And that's another good lesson, too. You know, you think, I thought I had to do it in my backyard. Well, my backyard wasn't good at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was just, you know, literally beating my head up against the wall. Mm-hmm. I went up, did the same thing in a different market that was the right market at the time. Right. And things really flowed really easily. So then it was just a process of creating my team, which, like, what you were talking right. about is key, right? Because totally. it doesn't matter how good I'm buying them if I don't have a good manager and a good team behind them. So, um, you know, that was the hard piece up there was getting the right team. I went through 
three property managers, or I'm sorry, I went through two before I found my third that was really a good one. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll talk about that in a future episode sure. sometime about sure how we <laughs> how we've weeded out property managers and how you got to let people go when they're not yeah. doing what they're supposed to do. And so went through that process, and uh, you know it's been a great market for us. So just taking that, and just like you know, have just replicated that process in other markets. And I feel like if the cash flow is there and if the numbers are there, I'm going to go check it out, make sure there's a team I can put in place. And then I feel like I could take that model really anywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere that has the the rents and, you know, the acquisition strategy uh, and, you know, purchase prices to support it. So absolutely, you got to love it, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It, it's just, it's not nearly as, as difficult as people would think it is. No. You know, and once you do it once, you're like, why, why did it take me so long to get here? What was I so afraid of in the first place? Yeah. First time's always the hardest for anything. Yeah. 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 And uh, totally start, true. start with a referral. Start a referral with someone that you trust. And uh, that that can be your starting point. That's that's what we should all be doing for everything. Find somebody who's good at it, and ask them, "Hey, how'd you do that?" Right. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> Buy them a pizza. Do whatever you got to do. You know. And, right. Yeah, right. That's that's the way to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. For sure. Well, on that note, that's it for today. Flipping houses can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember: don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast. It's simple. Up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com.